everybody, I'm Beth Davis and welcome to Teachable Tuesday. It's time for John 17. Are you ready? Come Holy Spirit. Am I right? We're going to ask the Lord to reveal something new. Give us a fresh word, a little encouragement for your day. That's what I'm hoping um, to bring to you. So let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Come Holy Spirit. Lord, thank you, thank you, thank you for your word, Jesus Christ, the word made flesh. Thank you, God, that you come to us sweetly, subtly, plainly, Lord, eternally. Thank you that you never stop coming after us. We ask for your spirit to illuminate this your word today ask for a special grace of encouragement people would be encouraged today by your word that there's hope that there's healing that there's wholeness and that it's for them thank you lord the gospel of john chapter 17. after jesus had spoken these words he looked up to heaven and said father the hour has come Glorify your Son, so that the Son may glorify you, since you have given him authority over all people to give eternal life to all whom you have given him. And this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. I glorified you on earth by finishing the work that you gave me to do. So now, Father, Glorify me in your own presence, with the glory that I had in your presence before the world existed. I have made your name known to those whom you gave me from the world. They were yours, and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they know that everything you have given me is from you, for the words that you gave to me I have given to them, and they have received them and know in truth that I came from you, and they have believed that you sent me. I am asking on their behalf. I'm not asking on behalf of the world, but on behalf of those whom you gave me, because they are yours. All mine are yours, and yours are mine, and I have been glorified in them. And now I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world, and I am coming to you. Holy Father, protect them in your name that you have given me so that they may be one as we are one. While I was with them, I protected them in your name that you have given me. I guarded them and not one of them was lost except the one destined to be lost so that the scripture might be fulfilled. But now I am coming to you and I speak these things in the world so that they may have my joy made complete in themselves. I have given them your word and the world has hated them because they do not belong to the world just as I do not belong to the world. I'm not asking you to take them out of the world but I ask you to protect them from the evil one. They do not belong to the world just as I do not belong to the world. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. As you have sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. And for their sakes, I sanctify myself, 
so they also may be sanctified in truth. I ask not only on behalf of these, but also on behalf of those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one, as you, Father, are in me, and I am in you. May they also be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory that you have given me, I have given them, so that they may be one, as we are one, I in them, and you in me, that they may be completely one, so that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them, even as you have loved me. Father, I desire that those also whom you have given me may be with me where I am, to see my glory which you have given me because you loved me before the foundation of the world. Righteous Father, the world does not know you, but I know you, and these know that you have sent me. I made your name known to them, and I will make it known, so that the love with which you have loved me may be in them, and I in them. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. There's a lot in this chapter to unpack, and I would love to hear your takeaway. Share it in the comments below, wherever you're watching. We want you here on Teachable Tuesday to discover God's heart in his word and apply your life to the word. So you enter into that by engaging with the scripture yourself, listening for the voice of the Lord speaking personally to you today. And I pray that you were encouraged by what the Lord spoke to you today. So for me, this chapter reminded me of an experience I had many years ago <laughs> when I was a college student. Um, I had the great joy and privilege of working for a Catholic summer camp. I was one of the summer staffers and I got to spend weeks of my summer on break from school, right? Living in community, uh, talking about Jesus, praying every day, uh, being surrounded by people who had the same values, who had the same purpose and desires for their life. I was soaked in the sacraments. It was amazing. It was also a lot of fun, right? I learned what it meant to really live a life of joy, a, a life in and with and through Jesus Christ. And then I went back to school and uh, I was the only one of my friends who had had that experience working at this summer camp. I had a hard time reacclimating. You see, I had been immersed in the gospel, immersed in the sacraments, in, in the life of Jesus. I was a full-time disciple at summer camp, and then I came back to school and I experienced this great disintegration. I didn't feel like myself. I didn't recognize my life there anymore. And it was a, a strange and a disorienting experience. It was uncomfortable because at camp, right, soaking in the sacraments, living in community, I was my best, not my best, because let me tell you, at times I was my worst, but I was my truest self. The essence of me uh, came alive when I was living as one person in community, right? And then I came back to school and I realized just how ruptured my life was, how ruptured my own heart was 
There was a great disintegration. And I, I think we've all experienced something like that. Maybe for you it was similarly as obvious as uh, having your Catholic faith, this relationship with God, maybe even a prayer life, and then going to work and your coworkers don't know that you're a Christian. They don't know that you're a person of faith. Maybe it's at school, your, your friends there don't know how important your faith in Jesus is to you. There's a disintegration there. But perhaps it's more subtle, and I think this is where really all of us uh, can agree, all of us can relate. There's a disintegration in each one of us because uh, we've experienced heartache. We've experienced disappointment and grief, right? We've experienced um, and are believing lies. What happens when these experiences come into our lives, uh, there's a rupture in us. When we lose someone that we love, there, there's a, a, a break in our hearts. When we've been disappointed, we might be tempted to diminish or um, just shame ourselves even for having hope because uh, we were disappointed. There's a, a break in who we are and we decide, no, I'm going to put that part of me away. I'm going to put those hopes away. I'm going to put that dream on the shelf. I'm going to start to believe, no, good things don't happen to me. God doesn't care about me. Why, why would God care about me if I'm suffering like this? There's a rupture in us and we decide that we've got to take things into our own hands. We live ruptured lives. We live disintegrated lives. At the base level, at its core, we live disintegrated lives because we sin. This is what sin is and what sin does. It ruptures us. There's a, a rupture in our relationship with God. All sin is communal, right? This sin that, that we um, take part in, it disintegrates us and then it affects our relationships around us. There's no such thing as private sin. And so when we sin, we experience a separation from really who we truly are from others, and most of all, above all, we experience that separation in our relationship with God. But friend, your, God's desire for you is unity. You might read this chapter and, and hear all of these verses about oneness, about being one, about unity, and you might jump to thinking about uh, unity in community unity with other people, unity in relationships or in society, in your culture, in your country, in the world, right? And those are, those are big and beautiful dreams. Those are Holy Spirit aspirations for unity with others. But there is no unity with others while there is disunity within. You and I have to experience this oneness, this becoming one, this, this wholeness, and healing and restoration, not only within ourselves, but in Jesus Christ. There is no becoming one, becoming whole outside of Jesus Christ. I'm not talking about having a good self-esteem, right? I'm not talking about doing this work on your own and, and becoming a person uh, in your own strength. I'm talking about becoming another Christ. Not even separate from him, but one with him. That you and I would become one 
with Christ. This is the unity that is being laid out before us. This is the unity being offered to us by Jesus in his high priestly prayer. He's laying out the desires of his heart. The Son of God is saying that his desire is for unity with us. And only when there's unity within us will there be unity with other people. Only when there's unity with God can there be unity with other people. In fact, I should have said that first. Unity with God, to be one with Him, is to be one in ourselves, to be restored, to be whole. And only then can we have unity with other people. God's desire is restoration, wholeness, unity, oneness with us. That's what I hear when I read verse 22. And this is my takeaway. John 17, verse 22. The glory that you have given me, I have given them so that they may be one as we are one. So that they may be one as we are one. Jesus is inviting us into that unity, into that oneness, uh, the, the beauty of the communal life with the most holy trinity, perfect unity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He's inviting us into that. He's saying this is his desires that we would be one with him. And so we would experience that oneness, that restoration and healing and wholeness within ourselves, that we would become him, that we would become Christ in the world. I read a book recently that changed my life. And I, I think about this quote from Erasmo Levamerikakis probably every day. This quote has become uh, the language, the framework for my whole experience as a Christian. He's talking about what is prayer? What is a relationship with God? And the title of this, this chapter is Becoming Wet Clay. This is, this is the ima an image from the scripture, right, of, uh, I believe it's Jeremiah 17, the potter and the clay, that, that we would become so one that we're, we're formed, that we're in the hands of a good and loving Father who's making us into his own image and likeness. We were created in his image and likeness and we're restored into his likeness every day. He says, oh, I got to find the quote now. He says... Here we go. That is why the contemplative life is the boldest and most adventuresome of undertakings. For what could be more radical, more truly earth shattering than the willingness to be dismantled and created anew, not once or twice in a lifetime, but day after day, day after day in prayer, in relationship with God, we are dismantled and made anew. We become wet clay in his hands that we might be formed, shaped into something beautiful, restored into his image and likeness. Now we've talked about unity, we've talked about oneness, but I want to talk about the beginning of that verse, verse 22. The glory that you have given me, I have given them. Where is his glory? How, how do we get this glory? It says he's given us this glory that the Father gave to Jesus. Jesus gave it to us. The glory of Jesus, the glory that he gives to us, we become partakers in that glory every time we're in the presence of the Eucharist. Every time we receive Jesus truly present, 
body, blood, soul, and divinity, we receive that glory. We're changed into that glory. We're restored by that glory. We become wet clay in his hands and we reflect that glory as he molds us and shapes us in his own image and likeness. Now, there are many ways I could tell you to to draw near to Jesus, to become one with him. I want you to pray every day. I want it to become uh, the highest, if not the only priority of your day, a personal relationship with Jesus in prayer, whether that's five minutes or 15 minutes or 30 minutes. I want to tell you to go to reconciliation, (laughs) to come to Jesus who is love and mercy itself, to, to come to him and to be embraced by him, to receive his merciful love, which is healing. Confession is a sacrament of healing. I want you to come and to be healed, to be restored, um, to be made whole where sin has ruptured our souls and ruptured our relationship with God and other people. I want to tell you to do that. But today, what, what's coming to my heart, what, especially in light of this verse 22, as we consider the glory that Jesus has received from the Father and desires to give to us, I want to invite you to Eucharistic adoration. And I'm not alone in that. Really, the church here in the United States is inviting all of her faithful to return to adoration. Maybe you've heard that um, the USCCB, the United States Council of Catholic Bishops, um, has begun this this whole uh, initiative, this beautiful campaign, this, this vision for wholeness, for restoration, for unity for healing the usccb the church herself is calling us to union and communion with jesus in adoration of the blessed sacrament it's called a eucharistic revival the church is um, promoting this for the next three years we're going all in on jesus in the eucharist and why wouldn't we god himself comes to to dwell in our midst he comes to make his home in us every time we receive him in the eucharist we share in his glory we are transfigured and transformed by his glory if we go before him in eucharistic adoration and that glory shines upon us even when we don't feel anything even when we aren't aware of what's happening I promise you, on a deep level, in your soul, your, your very, the cells of your body, right, are being transformed and transfigured. The catechism of the Catholic Church is quoting Gaudium et Spes, joy and hope. Uh, the church says, body and soul are a unity. Body and soul are a unity. When we're healed in our, our souls, we're healed in our bodies. This is why Jesus healed people as he walked the earth. He was pointing to the greater healing, the, the integration of the soul, the wholeness and healing of the soul in communion with him, in union with him. Go before Jesus in the Eucharist and be healed. Go before Jesus in the Eucharist and be restored. Go before Jesus in the Eucharist and be made whole, be made new. Every time you go to adoration, this happens. Every time you become more yourself and you become more like him. 
So that's my takeaway, <laughs> verse 22 and adoration. And I wanna invite you, encourage you to go and make a visit to the Blessed Sacrament this week. This week, can you go and make a holy hour? This week, will you go and spend just one hour with Jesus? Your life will never be the same. Your soul will never be the same. Text a friend, meet them there, put it in your Blessed Is She Planner right now. Put Jesus in the Eucharist at the center of your life and do that today by putting him at the center of this week. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen, Jesus. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you that you're real, that you're alive, that you are in our midst. When you said, Lord, that you would never uh, leave us orphaned, that you're with us always, even to the end of the age, you meant it. You remain, you abide in the Blessed Sacrament. God, grant us the grace to come and visit you. It's not something to do. It's not an obligation. It's a, it's a social call, Lord, a visit. I want to come and be with you. And being before your Eucharistic presence, we know you'll be who you are. Your glory will shine upon us and we'll be changed. Thank you, Jesus. We trust in you. We trust in your Eucharistic presence. If you've been on the fence, if you're wondering, I don't know, I didn't know the church believed that, I don't know if I believe that, go and make a visit. Make a visit, sit with Jesus, be healed, be transformed. Thank you, Lord. Jesus, we trust in you. In your name we pray. Amen, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless you, friends. See you next week for John 18. Bye now.